today we're with two very special guests. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm Ashley, and this is Steve. How are you guys today on the Saturday? <laughs> oh, we're doing good. Doing well, thank you. Good deal. So I want to uh, thank you both for coming on the uh, show, doing an episode with us. Um, can you tell me a little bit about yourselves? Um, sure. I um, I work as a personal trainer here in St. Louis. Um, I'm an amateur strongman competitor and, um, you know, kind of landed down that after some other things. I've done pretty much every avenue of fitness, but definitely found my home in strongman for sure. Um, and then, do you want to go ahead? Um, I'm her boyfriend, so <laughs> that's the, the coolest thing I got going for me. Um, I've been i compete in powerlifting um this is my 19th consecutive year of competing i compete next weekend um i'm almost 48 lifetime drug free still doing um some prs once in a while i compete next weekend and then uh, i've done one strongman competition that she kind of was in part roped me into uh was a lot of fun and then uh i spent about a year in the highland games as well and i'll probably go back to both of those is a little bit more of a fun, less competitive avenue of strength athletics, but I'd say powerlifting has been, been my thing. Very I cool. run a gym so, full time and have been a strength and conditioning coach for 26, 26 years. Very cool. So how did you guys get involved in the fields that you're in? Um, well, mine got started uh, for, well, I myself um, had quite a bit of weight to lose, um, so I kind of started there. Um, once I did that, then I decided to move on to um, coaching people, um, so that kind of led me there. And then as far as, you know, competing and things like that, it was just one of those, like, you know, it's just one day I was like, I'm going to see how much weight I can lift, right, which <laughs> led me to powerlifting. Um and just, you know, I love the strength side of things. Um, I didn't love competing in powerlifting. So, again, that kind of led me to strongman where I was able to um, do some different things and still lift heavy but still have some movement, be athletic. And um, the community was just something I really enjoyed being a part of. I've heard that about the, the strongman community. Me? Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it's some of the best people. And I mean, I met him through Strongman, so that's always a bonus. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely, uh, the people are amazing. For sure. I uh, I got my degree in exercise physiology. And so I at the same, same time that I started school, I started working in a gym. Um, always kind of gravitated towards the weight room, you know, more for you know, everybody wants to look good. Um, and, but I was studying sports performance and things like that. And I played rugby at the time and racquetball. And so my lifting started to shift more towards performance because of, you know, my, my academic pursuit. Um, about that time I stumbled across powerlifting. This is a long, long time ago. Um, and since I kind of always enjoyed seeing how strong I could get anyway, um, uh, it was a natural transition into that. In fact, it kind of, you know, 
I started powerlifting as a way of doing camaraderie for the guys in the weight room. You know, when you go to gyms, especially like this is when I worked at the YMCA before I opened my own gym, people do 5Ks or golf things and charity. And there's lots of camaraderie built through those kind of events, but the meatheads always got left out. So, you know, we're not going to go play, you know, 18 holes of golf. Well, I will, but they wouldn't play 18 holes of golf. Nobody's going to run a 5K. So I decided I wanted to do something in the weight room for all the lifters to start talking to each other. And I was actually wanting to gravitate towards Olympic lifting, but nobody does that. But everybody at least bench presses. So I started going around to the guys in the weight room and said, hey, would you guys be interested in doing a powerlifting meet just so that we do something for, for what goes on in this room? Um, and then I just started reading about the rules of powerlifting, and we did one at the YMCA just to build camaraderie, and then it, I just took off from there, having to kind of organize it and learn a lot about it. Um, I just decided to take the competitive side of doing it. And so between studying it academically and then using it as a way of building camaraderie, I just it just hooked me. That's very cool, and it's it's interesting – Talking with several other uh, athletes on, on uh, the the lifting side and the the strongman competition of how they got introduced to it, and I think the stories are pretty much the same. And and you know, like you were saying, the camaraderie's there too. I mean, you know, it, it's it's awesome to to hear other people talk about the the sport. You know, like a almost like a, a brotherhood or sisterhood, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I've always said that for me, it's it's not really even a sport; it's a lifestyle. You know, because you can walk away from a sport, but I could never walk away from this. I may never decide to air it out on the platform again someday, but I'll always lift, and I'll always want to see how good I can be and support other people doing the same thing. And, and at the end of the day, it's you versus the weights. And, and you, you know, and I think for a lot of us to do this, if you didn't do it, you wouldn't be the person you are. You'd probably be a lesser person. I mean, the, the thing that, that, that drives us to the gym to do what we do is the same recipe that drives you to be good at anything in life. You know, dedication, sacrifice, structure, surround yourself with like-minded people. And so I don't even really consider this a sport for me. It's uh it's definitely and um it during the competitions that you guys have done um what is your your favorite event during the competition oh man and strongman there's so many you're never doing the same thing um I always enjoy, there's always a pressing event of some sort. So that's typically my favorite, mostly because that's the one I'm best at. <laughs> but, um, there are, you know, the, um, the moving events are really fun also. I mean, they're, they're horrible while you're doing them, but, um, it's just, you're always doing something different. And that's what I really enjoyed about it. And the shift from powerlifting to strongman, that was definitely a big appeal for me. You know, in powerlifting, you have the three lifts. Um, so you do, you know, you do that every time, you know, what to expect every time and strongman, you just get to do so many things. Um, there's very little, I, I don't enjoy doing at the competitions. Of course, there's ones that I prefer over others. And like I said, usually the, I'm better at the pressing than any sort of pulling or, or anything like that. But, um, I mean, it's, it's cool to get to do, you know, things that you never 
really even thought about doing. Like some of these competitions will come out with stuff and you're like, I don't even know what that is, but I want to look, I want to do it. You know, so it's really cool to, to do all the different things. Definitely. Yeah. For, for me, um, I don't, I don't know how I really answer that because like it favorite usually kind of has a connotation of enjoyment and, in the performance set, setting of thing, and certainly on competition, I've never enjoyed a day of competition. I mean, and I'm almost 48 years old, and I've probably done 75, maybe 100 competitions, five of them international, and I've never been there on meet day going, oh, my God, I'm having a blast. What it is is something greater than that. It's re- and I'll hopefully land on an answer to your question here with this. Um, uh, it's something more more substantial than enjoyment. It's fulfillment that keeps me going. Um, you know, I'm nervous. I set the bar high for myself and you could fall short and you could get injured. So, uh, I would say what most people would think of me if the, who know me when it comes to what I might be good at. Um, I'm a pretty well-rounded power lifter. My, I, I don't have a great bench by any means, but my total, I'm not a one trick pony. My total is usually that of a person that's fairly decent and has improved in powerlifting. Um, I don't just have this one major lift that I that I bank it all on, but I'm kind of known more for my squatting. I'm a very different person when I squat, um, and I'm one of the rare power lifters who actually squats more than he deadlifts. Um, so my best oh. drug-free raw squat to date is has been six eleven. I'm hoping to do that or more next weekend, and then and then uh, and do a um, six hundred pound or more deadlift with it. So my deadlift lags for years because I grew up with the old school um, equipped version of powerlifting and, and you just didn't give the deadlift the amount of time that it deserved. And so it lagged for years. And finally, one year I decided I figured out how to get after it and get aggressive and have the confidence of my deadlifts. And I finally caught it up to my, my squat. But when I squat, there's just something very different about me. I go into a, in a different place. Um, I set pretty high goals for myself. Like a couple of weeks ago, I squatted 500 pounds for 10 reps raw, um, which is something I always wanted to do and used to think that I would never be able to do it at 47. I did it in a deload week. Um, as far as strongman, I don't know that I have enough. I, I, I have only done one meet, so um, I don't have a favorite that I could say that I have in competition. I just really enjoyed strongman. It hurt me. It put me in into an injury for about two months. Um, and I can literally say that it was the juice was worth the squeeze. I had such a good time. The strong commu- strongman community um, has been great. Um, I en- I enjoy the idea of training strongman as a as a way of getting strong for life more than I do for the sport. I'm five foot nine, forty seven years old and drug free. Strongman sport is actually not a great choice for me. But having said that, I love doing it, and I know I'll do it again. I like the idea of picking shit up and moving it around because that's more how life is going to be than a fixed barbell on a platform under perfect conditions. So I like anything in strongman because it challenges you to get out of your comfort level and to, and to move things that are awkward and, 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 and difficult and challenging and much more like what it's going to be in real life. So anything gotcha. in strongman can throw that's at awesome. Me, so I will embrace. I'm always curious when talking to do what I will athletes when you were starting out, was there a person or persons that you guys looked up to as far as in your sport that 
kind of uh, inspired you to do what what you guys do, or to to I guess train that much harder? You know, that's a really good question. I'm actually uh, probably different in that aspect. And him and I have talked about this before. Like, I I barely follow the, like, professional strongman circuit um, like I should. Um, so a lot of it was just about um, for, for myself. Like I, said, I mean, I went through a whole, you know, weight loss thing. And a lot of it had to do with validation for myself. And I'm extremely hard on myself and he would probably tell you too hard on myself sometimes and have really high expectations. Um, so I don't, I don't know for me that it would be like a, a certain person. I mean, I like seeing how strong man has grown. I mean, I am inspired by all the, you know, so, so many women are getting involved now. Um, so seeing that in itself is inspirational, but I don't know that I have one specific person. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I and, really, I, and I get that. Yeah, I mean, know, got it's... me into the sport. Oh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. When when I was coming up and when I was... Co- I'm sorry. Oh, no, um... When I was coming up in the sport, um, this is before social media and and everything, and, and uh, it was a lot more um, focused. A lot, a lot less was coming at you in the world because there wasn't the social media. There was literally Powerlifting USA magazine, and you basically had to find a local guru. There was no online coaching or anything like that. So, you know, you were sort of stuck with what you had locally. Luckily, St. Louis is one of the meccas of of especially drug-free powerlifting. It's kind of where it was started here in Evansville, Indiana. So I was fortunate enough to have a ton of influences. Some of them I didn't even really like as person. I never really developed a, a great friendship, but there was just such a rich, and still is a rich lifting environment here that there was the meets were great. Um, uh, so like my... The gym that I own, I bought from a friend of mine who was a police officer who just owned a gym because none of us like to lift in commercial gyms. So he, I bought his gym from him when it was time for him to give it up, and I turned it into a business, let it, less of a hobby. His name's Bill McDonough, and um, he ha- he's had a lot to do with me learning over the years. Um, it, it took it took a lot a lot of years to earn his respect and friendship because he doesn't give it away easily, and um, he's he's a guy that. Benched 500 pounds raw at 275 in his 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, drug-free, um, elite totaler uh, that totaled 1821 at 50 years old, beltless and drug-free, no belt, no wraps, nothing, um, which was only a few pounds off the all-time world record at 308. Uh, Jeff Lewis um, used to train in my gym and was one. Of the, he was the guy that actually invited me to train with that group to get me out of the YMCA. And at that time, Jeff Lewis was had the highest total in powerlifting in the world. He beat um, uh, Jeff or uh, Miller's uh, total, and he had a twenty eight hundred pound total and a twelve twelve squat and things like that. He's a massive guy, and uh, a guy named Nick White, who I actually don't even like as a person. Um, we we you know had a falling out, but phenomenal lifter, USAPL two seventy five. 
national champion, IPF gold medalist many times over, um, trained in my gym, even though we butted heads, you know, you're, you're around that and, and, it, and it, you learn. Um, Greg Crun trained in my gym. He bench pressed 600 pounds at 60 years old. The only person to ever do it drug free, five time IPF gold medalist. Um, and then I used to call out to Westside and bug Louie all the time. My gym is named Max Effort. You know, I, uh, even though I'm not a Westside guy and I, I, uh, you, you, could, you couldn't help but to be influenced by those guys. And because there was no social media and Internet, I'd call out and talk to them, talk to Matt Wenning and Louie on the phone and bug them. And they would literally give me a couple minutes of their time. And so I learned from people like that as well. And in fact, I, I own Skull Smash Ammonia Inhalants and Westside Barbell buys and sells my product now. And it's such a surreal turning of events where I just was this freshman Very in college. Cool. So brand new fledgling on, on the, uh, the business that you just mentioned, what, what can you tell me about relationship. that? And so it's kind of, kind of cool where this stuff takes you. Yes, sir. Skull smash? Um, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, that skull smash has been a huge thing for me. Uh, like I said, I've been a gym owner for a lot of years and a coach for 26 years. And I don't really run my business in that way. It's not very lucrative. I mean, it makes a living, but it's not not my main breadwinner because I'm so selective on who I allow in. Skull Smash became my business that gave me greater depth and reach in the lifting community because you can't coach everybody, and you certainly don't coach many people outside of your area, especially the day before um, online coaching. So the Cliff Notes version of it, it everybody always used nose torque. And it was the only thing that really existed other than the poppers. And I ordered a cut and I always didn't like it. Um, it was too strong when you first got it. And then it would die and it would leak in your bag, these cheap leaky bottles. And I ordered two bottles off of Amazon one day, put them in the chalk box. And the first day they leaked, ruined all the chalk. And I got pissed off and kicked the chalk box over. I'm like, why is this the only thing that exists? And I know nothing of chemistry. And I know nothing of graphic design or logistics or ordering supplies, but I was at that day, I was hell-bent on, I'm going to figure out how to make an ammonia inhalant that is everything that nose torque isn't. It's going to be a dry formula, not a wet formula. It's going to be in better bottles, higher quality. It's going to be made to have optimal potency that lasts longer. I invented the scented ammonias. The first one I came out with it was a whiskey-scented one. Um, so I, I kind of changed the industry in that. And now I've had a lot to do with it, not even being used just in the strength community, like the St. Louis Blues hockey team, the Atlanta Falcons, the Syracuse football team, many um, college teams and amateur or, uh, uh, minor league hockey teams are now using ammonia, especially mine. So it was also the thing that I used to be very judgmental and kind of political in my lifting. I was a drug free guy and I was single ply and raw only and drugs and multiply and all this was just bullshit and those guys aren't any good and because I was meant to that was the culture of the mindset that, that I came up in and I was like I had this blind hatred for the other side and then here I am now I'm selling a product and I have not one foot in the door I mean you got to start at ground zero and I'm like why the hell why the hell would I want to alienate a customer base that I intend to to gain so it really made me change my mind um, about the lifting community. And, and, and for it, it sounds like it started off as selfish reasons, but it grew to be very genuine 
in a hurry. I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting some awesome support as as customers, as supporters, as fans of my brand who are those drugged or multiplied guys. And they become some of the smartest, best lifters that I know and have become some great friends. So Skull Smash was as a business of mine, but it was also the reason that, and the opportunity to give me to reach out and make relationships with lifters of all walks of life all around the world and change my mind about some things that needed to be changed. So it, uh, it evolved me as a person too. And I'm grateful for that. I guess that, you know, that's proof that there's an other way. I one hard work pays off and I can provide an awesome product. At the end of the day, perseverance is is always a good thing to have now. And for that, I'm grateful. That's it. So when it comes down to your training regimen, I know everybody's a little bit different when it comes down to that. Um, but what what yeah, would you yeah, say your training regimen is as far as uh, your nutrition and, and, you know, if you're coming up on the competition, um, what does your training week look like? Uh, leading up to it. The week before the competition or leading up? Leading up. Um, Well, uh, we talk about this sometimes too. Uh, A strongman always aren't the best at uh, <laughs> at coming up on competitions, but um, I recently kind of changed my programming around. I am currently doing five days a week, which is, is more definitely more than what I was doing, um, a little definitely more um, intensity and volume as well. Um, as far as nutrition, you know, making sure I'm eating enough, which hasn't been a problem late, <laughs> lately. Um, when you're going in and have to do like a, you know, make weight or something like that, it definitely looks a little different. You have to, um, be more cautious of, of your nutrition and your water intake and and things like that. Um, week before is more about just moving your body. Um, not, you know, you're not doing anything heavy. You're just moving and practicing the movements and, um, trying to rest and recover. And, uh, again, make sure you're eating enough and, um, going from there, um, I always have, I haven't been the best at peaking for competitions. I'll be the first to admit that. I, uh, I tend to, when I take that deload week, mentally it's very hard on me. Um, it's a struggle, and I, I feel like I'm, you know, going backwards. And then by the time the competition runs around, comes around, I definitely still have a, a mental block with that. But um, that's definitely, for me, something my biggest struggle is is the mental side of things. And I've really been trying to work on that this year and it's definitely improved and, um, you know, get my head right for these competitions. Cause I, you know, I'm really trying to focus on nationals next year, a whole year from now, but I really just want to be in a good place for that. And I, you know, intend to, to keep my training up, you know, much harder than what I was doing and, and make sure my nutrition's on track as well. I, I pretty much have the opposite dynamic that she does, but I've also been doing this a lot longer than she has. Um, I, too, long time ago had a hard time with the concept of deloading the week before, and my warm-ups were practically workouts. But it's because I was young and had energy, and I also didn't have 
all the knowledge that I have and experience. And I always tell people, especially if you're a motivated person and, you know, you aspire to do great things, what you lack in knowledge you'll, or substance, you'll try to make up in volume. So when you don't know, when you don't have the confidence in that you've done the right thing and the right dose and it's okay to put it on the shelf and rest for a while, you just want to keep working. And I was that way for years and years and years. And then with age and with a busier life, two children, two, two businesses to run, by virtue of that, the, the, the strain of real life, I had to mainstream my training and be real efficient anyway. I didn't have the hormones to support what I used to be able to do. I didn't have the youth to support what I used to be able to do. And I didn't have the time to support what I used to be able to do if I wanted to continue to make sport progress. I still can hang with the young guys and train my ass off and and will not be the first to quit. But it doesn't lead to meet day performance. So um, I have learned to really accept the 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 taper um especially for powerlifting and i know at what weeks i need to be hitting my most aggressive lift and it's and it's gotten further and further away from the from the date of the competition and as long as i've been able to hit that effort in the gym at that point i can start my taper and i can almost train on an instinct at that point if my body still has let's say i'm like saturday next sunday i'm going to open with a 562 squat and go straight to 600 and hope to do more than that and my my heaviest squat for this training cycle was 595 and i owned it it looked like an opener but that's as heavy as i needed to go so anything after that if i wanted to go as low as 500 for my for my for my next week that was fine if i had 545 in me that's fine too but once I've hit that big number, as long as I've done some stimulus to kind of keep my nervous system, my muscles, my tendons, my habit, um, my routine for how I'm going to approach my lifts in play, I'm going to be fine on that day. So I've learned to to appreciate and enjoy the taper and to respect it, even though, yes, you feel like you're not doing anything. I put on my big boy pants and I don't want I don't feel like eh, I'm not being an athlete now. Well, this is our sport. I don't have I don't have to redline it up to the competition. I've done my work. Now it's time to start to deload and taper and be ready for the meet day. And then when it's over, yeah, I feel like a fatty and it's time to just go back to the gym and start doing sets of 10 again. But you have to have the discipline to know physiologically what you need and have the have the um, integrity to let your psychological game match up with that whining about shit that you that is not going to be good for you just because it's not what you want to do is not going to enable you to be your best so take it's taken me decades to get there but i finally have gotten there and so um i train very very typical old school powerlifting. i focus a lot on the main lifts i do do accessories um, i do alternate lifts bring up weaknesses and things like that but I've, i i just believe in being really good at the things that you're going to have to perform at and I do those with a high amount of intensity and a fair amount of volume based on where I am in the training block. Then I begin my taper and then I'm typically pretty good meet day unless something really went, you know, went wrong. Um, so it's been a very successful thing for me and all with my clients. I tell them, I promise you, if you listen to me and, and, and you follow my advice, you will have a good performance. And so um, we'll we'll see if I can put my money where my mouth is one more time on on, on next Sunday and meet this goal. Um, nutrition wise, I'm a power lifter. Um, I used to eat pretty well and I've made, I've never missed a weight cut. The biggest one I ever made was 16 pounds. Man, I am so over that shit. 
unless you're getting a paycheck or you're going for an all-time world record, you know, I, I'm going to play where I lay that day. You know, I'm, I'm done with those weight cuts. The number that I want to get means more to me than what I weigh when I do it. So unfortunately for me to continue to get stronger without using drugs to do it, which I'm not against. When I keep saying I'm drug-free, it's just a choice I made. Um, and I might not always make that choice. As I get older, I might need it, but I've had to put on weight. So I used to compete at 220 and then 242. Well, now I walk around around 250, 255, and I've had to get bigger. And it's not all just belly, but I've had to get bigger to get stronger. And that's great for my sport, and it's going well. But as a man in life, you know, and I've had to remove things from my life like jujitsu and boxing and, and swimming and conditioning that I like to do is to stay athletic so that I could have that powerlifting prowess that I, I put all my eggs in that basket. It's worth it. But it's also time Very after this cool. competition. So you mentioned you have a competition coming up like Sunday. Do you have anything coming up, Ashley? year old girlfriend and, and three kids, 10, <laughs> 11, and 12 years old. So um, I'm going to dial in nutrition a whole lot more after this competition and eat a little bit more gotcha. uh, conducive to having a better body composition. Oh, you know, the only thing I'm committed to is like I said, nationals ne next June. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'll do a couple of competitions. Um, there's one I'm looking at in September. Um, but yeah, I, I really like want, to, I, I told myself I want to be competitive at nationals, which the route I was going, I, I would not have been. I qualified for nationals, but I don't want to just be there as, as qualified. I actually want to would be in the mix. So um, I know that I've got my work cut out for me <laughs> for the next year for sure. And I'm, you know, I'm looking to go down a weight class too. So um, of course I have a whole year, so that's, that's not an issue, but it's, it's definitely something to think about. But as far as, you know, committed to competition, I, I might be one in September. I usually, um, there's one I like to do in December um, every year. It's like a record breaker competition. Very cool. Um, that so a lot of fun. I know I so found you on Instagram. Are you on any other social media? Nationals are going to be, I'm, well, telling myself anyways, more for, for fun and being around okay. the sport um, so that I can really focus on. And then as far as uh, your company, where can people next year? Uh, go to to check out your products if they wanted to check your your product out yes sir uh just facebook none of the others Oh, yeah. Skulls yeah, I talked to him last um, Sunday. I have a website, um, Skull. Yeah, yeah, his episode is coming up, yeah. And then I'm, I'm also on Instagram we, and we Facebook. Did. You know, I have the, the typical, you know, social media promotion. I've got sponsored athletes. In fact, I think you have one of them on next week, Albie Mushaney. I think Ashley said you have him as a guest coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you've already done it. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, yeah, he's a skull smash athlete. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I do the typical Instagram, 
some, you know, Facebook, um, and, you know, you have sponsored athletes and, you know, we have a website and our products are sold there. And then lots of um, distributors, you know, um, uh, I do a whole, you know, wholesaling. So I have some great companies that carry Skull Smash, uh, Lifting Large and, um, you know, which is, it's, it's another ironic thing. I mean, I was, I used to buy my equipment, some of my equipment from them, you know, I mean, they're, they're one of the OGs and, and the, um, you know, the online powerlifting stuff. And so, you know, I bought stuff from Mike for years and, and now he sells Skull Smash and I do his private label for him. And he's one of my biggest buyers and Westside Barbell. Oh my God. I mean, the day that they contacted me, I mean, I was like, I don't get like, Ooh, I over, over, I'm not a fanboy. I don't get worked up with celebrities and stuff, but when Westside Barbell, you know, uh, sells your ammonia, you know, I mean, they, they can write their own ticket with stuff. And, and, um, that was a huge feather in my cap, uh, um, unbreakable gear, which is a little bit of a smaller one, but they're my, they were my first, the first company to give me a shot, you know, to, to, to see something in a new company that hadn't proven themselves and to buy my stuff. And, and John stays loyal to me to this day. Um, there's just tons of nutrition shops all around the country and world that buy from me. Um, so there's lots of vendors, uh, strength shop USA sells my stuff. There's just a bunch of them. And then of course on my website, and there's some things that you can only get on my website that we make. And, um, and then every now and then when I'm fortunate enough to, we'll show up at a show and set up a booth, but life doesn't permit me to do that as much as it once did. Like I said, I have young very kids, cool. but, um, you know, uh, that too. And then yeah, for that's the people very here cool. in St. Louis, I appreciate you guys taking time out of your, your weekend to talk um, with some me. people locally. Um, show it's up, been a lot of fun, man. I got, I got to learn a lot. So um, directly from the, that's what it's about for me. is just meeting new people and finding out what makes them tick and so they can come in and get a workout as well, what they do. And so we're kind of all over the place, the hobbies and things that go along with it. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'll reach out to you uh, and let you know when it, it's ready to come uh, to premiere. It should be, uh, I want to say, right now, the next one, because I'm doing two a week. I think it's I think it's August 7th, but I'll have to confirm that. I, I think it's right around there. Well, thank you for having us and taking your time to talk to us as well. Yeah, appreciate it. Perfect. Great. And we'll do do whatever I can through. I appreciate that a lot. And I hope you guys have a good rest of the weekend. Skull Smash to draw some attention to your to your podcast too. I'll make sure when you have the link up here. All right, thank you. Have a great night. Put a story up or a reel, and you know, I've, I'm, I'm not huge, but I've got you know Bye-bye. twelve or thirteen thousand followers, and um, use it pretty well. So I'll make sure I um, post it for you, so that some some people will stop by and check out your stuff.